Thanks for joining us today on the For the Bible Tells Me So podcast. My name is Riley. I'm so glad you're here. Today, you're jumping into a series with us called Blessings Behind Bars. Blessings Behind Bars, because essentially what we're looking at today is, you know, in Scripture, it's called the Book of Philippians, but this is basically a prison letter. The Apostle Paul was behind bars, and he's writing this letter of Philippians to the Philippian church who is being persecuted and beat down for their faith. And what we're looking at today is just, man, God, what did you have to say to the early church? And what are you saying to us today as your followers? Uh, We believe that God's spirit is alive, he's active, he's moving, and that he is speaking through this text. And today, what I believe we're seeing here is uh, a bit of you know, God's attitude towards believers as they're going through hard situations in life. How many of us know that life is full of difficulty? We can't escape hardship on this side of heaven. There are a few philosophies, you know, that are going around in modern society about how to handle difficulty. But if I could sum it up, and just kind of one sentence. This is what I feel like I hear constantly from culture about how to go through difficulty. It's this. When something hard happens to you, do something hard to that situation. When something difficult happens to you, you got to dig deep, son, because there is something inside of you that is powerful, that can help you overcome whatever comes your way. You know, I think about David Goggins. Maybe you've heard of him. He's got a New York Times bestseller called Can't Hurt Me. And basically, David's message in the book is that, man, when things get difficult, you got to become more difficult. When things are hard, you got to become hard. And you can't look to anyone else for motivation or for help. You got to dig down deep inside of you because nobody's coming to save you. Only you can save you. I think about Tony Robbins. You know, maybe a more household name. He's got a documentary on Netflix. Tony Robbins, I've heard him say before that what happens to me happens for me. What he's saying there is that, you know, whatever comes my way, it's only there to build me into a stronger, more resilient, more powerful person. I I can't be broken down by life. Instead, I can be built up and strengthened through what happens. Because if I look deep down inside myself, I can find the answers to overcome life's greatest obstacles. And these messages feel good. They sound right to a degree. But when we get into scripture, what we see is that Paul says something a little bit different. And if I can kind of go off of what Tony Robbins said, you know, the Apostle Paul kind of says, you know, whatever happens to me, happens for you and for God's glory. Whatever comes my way, whatever difficulty happens, this is actually for the benefit of you and your faith and for the health and the the livelihood of the church. So there's a bit of a different message in Scripture than from modern-day society. And maybe on hearing that, maybe you feel like, man, the message of Scripture sounds weak. It sounds like a crutch. And I would just say, you know, I am weak. I recognize that I, uh, man, I do hurt. I've tried to do the thing where you dig down deep and try to, you know, 
push forward and still maintain a loving spirit. And it just, man, it just doesn't work. It just, I don't know if you've experienced that. Maybe you've come to the end of that path yourself. It can be so hard to become tough and resilient and strong and still maintain a sense of love and compassion and empathy towards the people around you. But when we come to scripture, man, I believe God's spirit gets into our lives to lead and guide and direct us, but also to transform us into people who are more like Jesus. And in that respect, man, we become tough and loving, resilient and compassionate. But it's from this recognition that I don't have all the answers, but Jesus can lead me through anything that comes my way. And I can lean on him for all of my misunderstandings and hopelessness and find a sure foundation to build my life upon. That's what we're going to be seeing here today in the book of Philippians. This is what Paul says to the Philippian church in chapter 1, verses 12 through 14. Okay, I'm going to read these to you and then we'll dive right into it. He says, I want you to know, brothers, from, from being behind bars, I want you to know this, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Let's get into it. I have a brother-in-law who I feel like regularly goes through difficult situations. Last year even, he had his car broken into and at his house had some kind of rodent get under his house and into his pipes and die there. I think they, they may have ate, eaten something and just literally just collapsed in the pipes. It smelled crazy. And uh, you know, anytime my brother-in-law goes through a difficult situation, I always expect something. Like if he was a normal person, I would expect for him to complain, to get angry, to want to leave, to disrupt something. But you know what happens instead is that, man, my brother-in-law, he's a saint. Anytime something bad happens, you know, I ask him about how he's doing, how he's facing in. You know, he recognizes that it's hard and difficult, but he believes that God is still with him. He believes that there is a reason through this difficulty that God has purposed for his good. And his confidence in Jesus is just never really shaken. And I'm always like, man, I would love to borrow your faith, bro, because when something hard happens to me, I don't always have that attitude. I oftentimes want to complain and want to throw fists and want to yell at God. But I'm so thankful for his example because what he shows me is that there's a way through difficulty to maintain faith and joy. And it's not just because of his own personal effort. It's because Jesus has constantly ministered to him even before the difficulty happened. So his understanding of God's closeness cannot be shaken. And that's what Paul is doing here in the book of Philippians chapter one is he's looking at the Philippian church and saying, look guys, 
I'm in a tough situation. I'm behind bars. I shouldn't be in prison. But rather than con- complaining, he says, look, this has actually all happened for a reason. Not just for a reason, but this is actually, God has caused this to happen for his glory. Like the word of God is stretching far and wide into this prison system because I'm now behind bars. And through this part of the letter, I believe that we see a couple of really beautiful truths that uh, demonstrate what God can do in our hearts and lives through hard times. And the first thing is this. I believe that Paul, when he's writing this, he shows that, man, whatever happens to me happens for God's glory. Whatever happens to me happens for God's glory. Check out what he said here in verse 12. I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. Paul knew that at first glance, the church would see him in prison, that the community would see him behind bars. And Paul knew like, man, at first glance, nobody's going to have a good expectation what's going to come from this. Probably their first thought is, all right, Paul's out of the game. He's kind of disqualified now from ministry. His ministry is so limited now. He's just in a cell. He can't do anything. But Paul looks at them and says, look, I know what you might be thinking that, you know, may God's purposes have been squandered because now I'm in prison. But I want you to know, I want you to actually know something. I want you to know that this situation has actually served to advance the gospel. Paul knew that through this experience, not only was God not done with him, but God had a brand new thing that he wanted to do in Paul's life through his imprisonment. Because Paul went to prison, look what he says here. It's become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. Because he was behind bars, the whole like law enforcement agency, the, the whole like police department was impacted by the gospel. All the inmates, everybody in his prison cell had come to to hear at least about the gospel of Jesus. Basically, what Paul is saying here is that because he went to prison, God has even birthed a new ministry opportunity. Paul's like, look, I now have a prison ministry because I'm in prison. Talk about making the most out of the situation that you're in. Isn't that beautiful? This reminds me back in the book of Genesis uh, when we read about the story of Joseph. Maybe you remember Joseph. Uh, He was a young man in his family, and uh, he had started to kind of rise up a little bit in his family. His his dad really loved him, and he was getting the opportunities other than his brothers. And his brothers got so mad at him that they actually sold him to another country altogether. Can you imagine if your brothers or sisters hated you so much that they would sell you and basically throw your life away. That's exactly what Joseph went through. But, so he got sold into Egypt, and in Egypt, he started to actually kind of rise in the ranks of the political community and actually got to the place where he was the second most influential person in all of Egypt. So much so that he was calling all the shots uh, 
for the pharaoh at the time. And, you know, long story short, there was a famine in Egypt and these surrounding countries. People had to come to Egypt to kind of ask for food from Egypt's reserves. Well, Joseph was the one who was in command of all of that food. And Joseph's family came to ask him for food, not knowing that Joseph was the man of influence, the man who was overseeing all of the food. So Joseph has this interaction with his brothers and sisters, or just his brothers, I mean. And man, there's this whole moment of beautiful reconciliation where he forgives them. They say, sorry, the family's back together. And as this is all going down, you know, Joseph could have very easily looked at them and said, man, you don't deserve to be forgiven because of what you've done for me. You don't deserve any of this food, but out of the greatness of my own heart, I'll give it to you. He doesn't say anything like that. Check out what he says in Genesis chapter 45, verses 7 through 8. He says, God sent me before you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to keep alive for you many survivors. So it was not you who sent me here, but God. He has made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord to all his house and ruler over all the land of Egypt. Isn't that just wild? Joseph looks at his brothers who did sell him to Egypt, who did throw him away and says, you know what? It wasn't even you. It was God who sent me here. Like maybe you guys physically did the the motions and the actions, but God purposed for me to be here so that I could now be able to provide for you and for our ancestors and for the people that are going in front of us. What I see here is that, man, in Joseph's life, in Paul's life, there's actually a sense of gratitude within their hearts because they knew that God had purposes through their difficulty. Even though hardship was coming their way, they knew that they were part of God's kingdom work because God purposed something beautiful through the difficulty. What happens to me happens for the glory of God. Isn't that amazing? Think about your own life for a moment. You might be going through something really difficult right now. I don't know what that might be, but you know exactly what that is. What kind of hardship are you going through? What might God be wanting to do in your life through this moment? You have to remember that God is not leaving you abandoned in your hardship. He sees you. He's the God of all comfort. He's the God who comforted Joseph, comforted Paul, and wants to comfort you in whatever you're in right now. But what might God be trying to do in your life for his glory because of the situation you're in right now? Is there a new ministry opportunity that you're able to jump into now because of your situation? Do you now have time to reconcile a relationship that's been broken for a long time? Do you have a chance now to save money or actually maybe even to start being generous right now? What might be going on in your life that God could use for his glory? I want to assure you that whatever you're going through, man, God wants to produce something beautiful through it. Sometimes we are just so blinded by fear or anxiety or pressure or pain or hurt and grief 
to even look at what God might be trying to do through us. But I assure you that through your loss, man, God wants to grow you into someone who is compassionate for others, for someone who is hurt. For If you're hurt, I believe God wants to lead you through that so that you can be someone who can bring healing into other people's lives. God is working to minister to you and through you for his glory. Whatever happens to me happens to God's glory. But not only that, whatever happens to me happens for you. Whatever happens to me happens for you. Check out what Paul says here in verse 14. He says, And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Isn't that amazing what happened in the church, within the body of believers, because of Paul's faith through the difficulty. And I just love this. You know, Paul says most of the brothers. Isn't that funny that, you know, there's always, <laughs> even with Paul, this man of great faith and integrity, that there were still people in the church who saw where he was at and just said, man, we, we don't believe it. We don't believe God is still moving in his life. We don't believe that the purposes of God are still for this guy. Man, how could, how could anybody who's in prison be used for God's glory. Those brothers could not see what God was trying to do. And that's just the truth, man, that as you go through difficulty in your life, there will be people in the church who may look at your life and just say, man, God can't, it'd be a miracle if God could do something in this person's life because, man, they're really off the deep end now or they're way too far away to come to know Jesus now. And, man, If you experience that, just remember that that's just part of the journey. Not everybody is going to be, you know, voices of faith for you. But what you can take comfort in is knowing that God's plans are for you. He has a plan for you to continue moving forward, despite if there are some brothers and sisters who don't see God's hand on your life. But check out, like most of the brothers did believe was happening in Paul's life, and they were encouraged. And not only that, but they became more bold to speak God's word without fear. This is amazing to me. Paul's example of faith during his imprisonment showed the people outside that God was with him inside. That even through the worst of situations, God was still doing something beautiful. I just love this because Paul, you know, his faith and his relationship with God was so strong. He's believed that, man, God was with him in that prison and that God was calling him to do a work right where he was at. And it was that attitude, that faith, that understanding that God is still with me and God is still using me despite where I'm at that encouraged the brothers and sisters. Because I'm sure that the brothers and sisters at the church were looking at Paul and thinking, man, that's like literally the worst thing that can happen to someone aside from being killed for their faith. It's just being put in a prison cell to rot. Like, why would I ever want to be bold for my faith if I know that one of the outcomes of being bold could mean that I'm thrown in prison? And by Paul's example, the church saw, wow, not only is, you know, being punished for my faith not a hindrance to my faith, but it's actually it actually might be the catalyst 
for something brand new happening with my faith. So why would I be insecure? Why would I push aside being bold and confident if I know that God is going to use me no matter where he puts me? Their courage could not be shook. They they just saw that, man, like Paul's faith is on fire right now, even in prison. So why shouldn't mine? And this is what is so good. I just love, man, that there was a gifting that was poured out on the church through the hardship that Paul went through. Think about that for a moment. Just trip out on that for a moment. The church may have not received this kind of gift of encouragement and being bold unless Paul had gone to prison and remained faithful in that place. It was him being in prison that led to the courage. Just just draw that line with me for a second that the gifting came through the difficulty. The blessing came from the hardship. God had a purpose through what seemed like, man, there could be no purpose in this. This is what God was doing. And what we see in scripture is that there's oftentimes a blessing tied to something difficult in our lives. When when faith has to be enacted, when we have to get pushed into something uncomfortable, oftentimes what's on the other side of that discomfort or uncomfortability is a blessing from God. When we look at the life of Jesus, we see this in such a big way before he went to the cross. I'm going to read to you a couple of verses from John chapter 16 that show that, man, Jesus had a gift for his disciples, but they couldn't experience the gift until Jesus went away, until the disciples experienced the loss of Jesus. This is what Jesus says in John 16, verse 7. He says, I tell you the truth. It's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Here's what Jesus is saying. He's like, look, disciples, followers of me, I have this gift for you. His name is the Holy Spirit, the comforter, the guide, the leader. But you cannot experience the richness of the Spirit until I go. I know you want me here. I know that you need me for guidance. But look, the Spirit's going to take you in even deeper ways into faith and into relationship with me and God the Father. But you cannot experience that gain until you experience this loss. Sometimes God's greatest gifts come out of life's greatest difficulties. And I just got to ask you, man, are you in a place right now where life is difficult? You know, I asked you that earlier, but I want you to think about that. Think about what God may really be trying to do in your life. Think about the gifting that he may be trying to give you. You know, we were thinking about that a little bit, but I also want you to think about this. Think about what 
other people are seeing in your life as you go through difficulty. As your friends who aren't Christians see you as a Christian going through a time of loss or grief or pain or hurt, what is your faith showing them? Are you showing them a faith like Paul's, a faith that is courageous, that understands the difficulty but still trusts God through the hardship? Or are you showing them a faith that kind of flails around and gets beaten up and bruised and goes through seasons of you know, disbelief and then belief and back and forth? Are you showing them something that's shaky, something that's not desirable? And look, I'm not trying to put a, a guilt trip on anybody. We all go through difficulty and we all process grief differently. Grief does not have a timetable. Grief is not polite. It comes in when you don't expect it and it stays for longer than you want it to stay. I'm not saying that we all process grief like Jesus processed grief or like Paul processed grief. There's not a burden on you to have to handle the difficulties in your life a certain way. But I just want you to be conscious of the fact that what you're going through isn't just happening in your bedroom or in your home, but other people are seeing you as well. And I encourage you that as you're going through difficulty, I mean, mourn when you have to mourn, cry when you have to cry, get counseling when you have to get counseling, do what you need to do in that kind of way. But I would encourage you through that to have a faith in the presence of God. I encourage you to get on your knees before God and to pray, to talk with Him. I encourage you to get His Word inside your heart, whether it's through listening to Scripture, reading Scripture, getting Bible studies in your head, or listening to people who are talking about faith. I encourage you to do that, to be built up, with the word of God, so that as you are going through the grief, that you can have this sure faith that, man, God is not done with me yet, that God does have a purpose through this hardship, that he is leading me through this moment in his sensitivity and compassion leading me right now and taking me in the future into new opportunities because of what I've gone through. Man, as you go through hardship, believing that there is a gift from God on the other side, as you believe there's opportunities through this moment, as you believe that God is close with you through this moment, as you demonstrate joy in God through the hardship, I believe, and you better believe, man, the people in your life, they will be affected by God's Spirit through you. The way that you handle that grief and that hurt will be a witness to the people around you of what God can truly do in our lives when we're broken. This is what God is calling you to, to, to find healing in Him, to find purpose in Him, and to get after it with Him no matter what you're going through because the truth is this, that God has a purpose through your pain. And sometimes the gift that God wants to give you 
can only be experienced through pain and on the other side of pain. God is with you. He loves you. Guys, I'm for you and praying for you. And I pray you are blessed knowing that God is with you through every single thing that you go through in this life. Be strong and courageous. Speak his word in boldness and without fear. Thanks for being here today. Come back next Tuesday for a new episode here of the For the Bible Tells Me So podcast. Check the show notes for info about following and interacting with the young adult ministry throughout the week during Shelter in Place. We hope to see you soon.